I strongly believe that I don't have another assignment than to reveal God to mankind. And I would not even mind to do a billion messages explaining God as much as I know. However, the fact is that God cannot be discussed. God should be discovered. And this discovery is not what you did by just trying to toil by studying some materials or by making some researches or making some spiritual consultations. God himself has to reveal himself to you. And you know, this revelation is not going to be your efforts. It's going to be you discovering what God has done for you. So a man's encounter begins when he begins to see that God has put everything he ever needs in place. And that thing has been placed in Christ. So my entire life is going to be devoted to this cause. As long as I live on earth, I'm from a generation and anybody that will come in contact with me. I trust that God will help me to do something to reveal himself. Like Apostle Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 1, that Christ will be known through me. Why Christ in the study of God? Because nobody can comprehend God. He's so large, he's so wide, he's so high, he's so deep that nobody has the capacity to grasp even the minute of him. So God had to condescend into Christ and makes us to experience Christ. And in experiencing Christ, we know the Father. And let me quickly say this. I have read my Bible over and over. I don't think it's up to 100 times. But I tell you, I have sat through the scriptures for years. And I have prayed, I have pleaded with God to reveal himself to me. I have meditated, I have fasted for revelation and insight into the scriptures. And in my revelation or the little light I've got from the scriptures, I can tell you that the whole essence of Jesus' substitute is to bring us to the place where we are God's image. What is an image? An image is a portrayal of the original. Now, that does not mean that the believer or a Christian is a fake. But that is the replica of God. Oh, that is interesting. Now, what is a replica? One who stands in place of and that has the quality, the essence, the authority of the original being. And see, this is not just what God intended in Christ. It was what made him to fashion Adam. Genesis chapter 1, 26 and 27. God said, let us make man. He didn't just say, let's make man, okay? If he had said, let's make man, we would have categorized man as one of the animals he had created. Because it was not only man, I mean mankind, that God created on the sixth day. God actually created all the animals that lived on the land. And maybe some aquatic organisms. But when it comes to the creation of man, he said, let us. Now, some people believe that when God said let us, he was calling some people. He was not calling some people. That is the Hebrew lexicon. The word God 
often attracts the plural pronouns in Hebrew. So when God said, let us, it's not calling on people. He's still talking to himself. It's like saying, I will make man. It's a decision he made by himself. And it seems that this is confusing. I will take you back to Ephesians chapter 1. Where the scripture says that he works all things according to the counsel of his will. And through that scriptures in Ephesians chapter 1, Apostle Paul keeps iterating that God works all things after his counsel. So nobody dropped God to create a man. God never took counsel from anybody to make man. He actually had created a kingdom and he needed somebody who will stand in his place to represent him here on earth. Okay? And God said, look, I will create man. Now, the word man is the Hebrew word Adam, which is mankind. Okay? He said, I will create mankind. That is, I will create a being that will live in the flesh. That will have a physical contact with a physical world. Because the word God created was a material world. Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the word heavens there is the Hebrew word sky. It is not the word heaven, a spiritual materiality or where God lives. It means the sky or another word is the word firmament. So all that God created were material in nature. They are things that are visible. So God needs a visible being who can be in charge. But then God knew that just an animal or a man that is all flesh cannot do that which he wants him to do. So he had to hide behind that man. So it is God in man controlling the universe. So when God said, let us make man, how would man look like? He said, he's going to be in my portrayal. He's going to portray me. Now, the word portray means to show forth. And that reminds me the words of Apostle Peter. In 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 9, he said that you are a chosen generation. Now, mark the word generation. Now, the word generation is a two Greek, is a combination of two words, actually, in Greek. It's the word gene, which is uh, gene, which is uh, another word for trait, and ration, which means feed, that which you feed on. So, it means that God said, look, I am making you a different kind of being that feeds on you. He said, you are a, you are you are a chosen generation. Now, the word chosen means to elect, to appoint, to set apart. It's a word so related to the word agios, which means holiness. So, God said, look, you are a special bridge. That is, you are a chosen generation, a holy nation. Now, the Greek word for nation is the word natos. And natos is, 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 is the word that means a group of people related by same descent having the same culture, having the same belief, having the same value system. So when God said you are a holy nation, the Greek word is agios natos. And agios means separated breed of same kind of folks. So God is saying that, look, I am making man in my nature. They are part of my kingdom. They are of my dynasty. We have the same trait. We have the same futures. We have the same attributes. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, God's own people. This is where I'm going in particular to show forth the praise of Him. Now, the word for the word to show forth the praise of Him is the word image. In other words, you can render that expression to be to image Him who had called you out of darkness. Now, check it. So, God's image, as we saw in Genesis, is God's portrayal. 
It's God replica. It's God resemblance. It's God representative. God who carries the authority of heaven. Let us make man in our own portrayal. And not just to portray us. He's portraying us and his likes is going to be our likes. Then the question is what's God's like? And when we begin to ask for God's like, our attention is turning to something else entirely. Because the scripture told us what God likes. The Bible said that God likes righteousness. And which I can take into the scriptures. But let me just challenge you to see that, hey, if your life is going to find any meaning at all, and when I talk about meaning, I talk about significance. Well, significance not in the light of fame, meaning not in the life of attainment or achievement, meaning in the sense that if your life is going to look exactly like God had designed man to function, then you have got to see who the Father is. Now, there's another dimension of the revelation of God where we don't call him God. In fact, it is in the outer explanation of God we call him God. Actually, it's not a God. In fact, we don't call him a creator, although we know that he created, but he does not want us to relate to them as a creator because that sounds a bossy something, a, a bossy relationship. Pot purportedly. So how does God want us to relate with him? like children and how do we become a student because you are his offspring Acts chapter 17 as um, Apostle Paul thought he said you are his offspring you are his offspring now the word offspring means to come out of he said in him you live and have your being so back to, 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 to my initial plan God in making man intends that man will be his replica, that is, man will be his portrayal, and man's interest will be his interest. So, the significance of a man is found in God. Because only God knew why he made him. And why he made him is not far-fetched. God said, I will make man in my own image because there is something he has to do for me. So man is God's workman. Workman in the sense that he is God's employee. God has got an assignment for all mankind. But no one has the right to do it because of the state of things except that man is reinstated in God. And God knowing that no man can unveil him, no man can unravel him, then he had to give us Christ. So it is that when a man begins to find out who Christ is, he begins to understand God. First Peter chapter 1. Apostle Peter wrote, I quote, he said, Who through you came to know God. That is, it is through Christ we have come to know God. So take Christ in with nobody can approach God. John chapter 1 verse 18. No one had been with God at any time. But the only begotten Son who had been with the Father had come to declare Him. The reason why I can stand to say that my life's assignment is to reveal God is because He had been revealed. I am not trying, just trying to reach the scriptures at you. 
to tell you that this is God. But that I want to show you that in the death of Christ, he didn't just only take my place. He did just die on my behalf. While he was dying also, he was revealing the Father. Matthew chapter 5, 28. Christ said that, that you may be the son of your father who is in heaven. Who makes his son to shine on the good and the evil and therefore love your head in a revelation of God. So actually, Christ came to reveal the Father. And it is in the revelation of who the Father is, we begin to take the essence of our being. We begin to see who we are because we are His image. And for us to actually see who we are, we have got to see who created us. We have got to look like Him. And as we begin to look like Him, we begin to find our own essence. But check it. We are not just trying to discuss God. And never you think that the Bible is a book that discusses God. No. The Bible does not discuss God. It does not just talk about God. It is God's divinity expressed. I don't want to say biography because God does not have a biography. He's a spirit being. Bao means life. Okay, let me let me just use the word bow. But bow means life from the body. Or the natural life. Why zo means superior life or divine life? Okay, let me see this. The Bible is the story of God's zoology, of God's life. Now, in the story of God, we are not trying to look at his existence, where he came from. Rather, we are trying to look at his essence. We are trying to look at his intentions. We are trying to look at his nature of being. We are trying to look at his attributes. We are trying to look at his pattern of things, his approach to doing things, and his, his relationship with mankind. So you have got only one life to find out God. I don't want to care your attainment in life. You can be a professor in the college. You can be a pastor of a larger congregation. You can be a president, a senator, a member of the House of Rep, a counselor. Whoever you become, if you have not found out your credo, you are the most miserable. Your life is pitiable. Because you can't even find significance, you can't find purpose. And this does not include that you won't have money. You see, there is nothing as miserable as having material equivalence. I mean, of having wealth and amassing wealth, and you never find out the creator of the wealth. How can you be without a sense of the Father? Without a sense of ownership? Then after your lifetime and you, you die, you get out of your body, who will sustain you? The question is, why is God revealing himself? For nothing, but for relationship. Because he owns us in the first place. He created us. Look at this proposition. Genesis 1, 26, 27. Let us make man. That is, I will make man in my own image. That is, as my portrayal, one who showcases me. One who demonstrates me. So when I say that the life of a believer, I mean your life, is to demonstrate God. I don't mean that your, your life is to work miracles. Because when we talk of that, an average Christian believes that we are talking about the fact that he is to perform a miracle. Or that his life or his face or he has to dress God just there. People ask to be envying him because he's a new creature. We are not talking about that. We are not talking about your jewelry, about your perfume, about how nice you smell. 
about how wise or intelligent you are because of your faith, okay? Apostle Paul was careful to tell us in First Timothy chapter 6. He said, look guys, godliness and contentment is great gain. It is not that great gain is godliness. It's not gain. Lazarus was poor. In fact, he was so poor he cannot afford medication, orthodox medicine. He could not take care of himself. He was so poor and perhaps so weak that even dogs will come to be his doctor. We lick his, his soul. But that man had God in the heart. Friend, I want to tell you there is something called the knowledge of God. We have known the body's knowledge of science and technology. And we have been dazed by the knowledge of science and technology. We know the science of biology. We know the science of physics. We know about chemistry. We know about sociology. We know about anthropology. We know about management courses. We know about medicine. We know about pathology. We know about zoology. We know about agriculture. We know about political science. We know about philosophy. These are knowledge and these are institutions. But of all these institutions, our knowledge is not complete without the knowledge of God. Because God is the source of biology, is the source of philosophy, is the source of everything you want to boast or brag about. Let me remind you of scriptures. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the world. Now, the word here is not a concept. Now, here the intention of John is to tell us the story of God and his union with Christ. In the beginning was the word. Now, again, it's pertinent to remind, to remind you that what John intends to show us is different from what Moses was showing us in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, Moses was telling us the genealogy of everything we can see, including microorganisms, created things. It's not the story of God Himself, it's the story of things that are made. So when John said in the beginning was the word, he didn't say God created. It's, we are talking about the source of the created things. In the beginning, God was. God existed from where we don't know and we don't care to know. But there is something we observe that there is a world with God. Like a vision with God. Like an ideology with God. So it is very cool to say that Christ is the vision of God. Christ is the goal of God. Christ is the dream of God. Because in the beginning was the world. And this word, now actually the word word in the Greek word means an idea. It is the Greek word logos. From in the word we get study. Which is the word logic. Biology. Sociology. The word logic is related to the word logos, which means study. So in the beginning there is a study. There is an idea. There is a concept. There is a vision. There was an intention. There was a purpose. And the purpose was with God. And God himself is that purpose. Is the intention. It's not just doing things to derive pleasure. He is the intention. He wants to express himself. So man is a means by which God wants to express himself. So your life is to showcase God, not just by enjoying, enjoying the goodies of life, not just by performing miracles, not just by signs and water, but your life carries God and is to demonstrate who God is and who is God. God is righteousness. And what is righteousness? Righteousness means straightforwardness. It means plainness. 
it means good morals it means good qualities it means straightforwardness it means serenity it means sanity it means chastity to be plain to be straightforward to be clean to be single-minded actually when we talk about righteousness it is the right being right doing right thinking and right behavior and that is why hey the end result of the christian faith is behavioral we believe and as we begin to see what we believe we become what we believe and the end result of becoming what we believe is to behave it so the goal of heaven in reflecting him in our life is defeated after we have known him and our life does not portray him and that is why the person who knows God is not the person that has the biggest Bible but the person who had become so gentle and quiet in character hear what Apostle Paul wrote to the Christians he said that let your inward adornment not be merely at all let it be the hidden person of the earth that is there is a kind of being we have got to put on we have got to demonstrate and said this inward uh, person of the earth is arrayed in gentleness and quietness of spirit who is God how does God looks like God is not a terrible God it's not a being that is that is having fire coming out of his head and as a result looking for somebody to victimize it's not a doll it's not a smoke it's not a ghost it's not a tree it's not a monkey it's not a force it is a being he looks like you but he's a glorious god he does not have a body he's a spirit because you are his replica now replica by physique supposedly and again replica by traits you are a chosen generation god specifically chose what to be our lifetime you are a chosen gen your trait is god's trait and your trait feeds on who god is i am praying that we have an encounter with god the bible does not discuss god it reveals god the Bible shows us how God can be seen, how God can be understood, and how God is known. It seems I'm not true with John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, God was the word. This word, this idea, this concept was with God from the beginning. And by this word, everything God made is made. Now, what the Lord is telling us is that God had not make anything outside of Christ. That everything that is, everything we can see, everything we can touch is an expression of Christ. For by him all things were created. In him is life. The life is the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, the darkness cannot comprehend it. And you would think that what that portion of the scripture is talking about is a concept. That, well, it's talking about a word, an ideology, a language, or a vocabulary. It's not a vocabulary, it's talking about a being. Because as you read on, you begin to see personality unveiled. That it's not just about a thing, it's about a being. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word itself is God. So the word is not a thing, it's a being. 
And this word had a great power. All things were made by him. And without him, nothing was made that is it. In him is life. And the life is what gives light to man. Now, what is this light all about? This light symbolizes how a man ought to live. Symbolizes what a man requires from man. As a matter of fact, this light refers to the gospel. The glad tidings of God to mankind that he had redeemed us. He had made us the exact person he wanted us to become. So listen to me good. You are God's image. But you cannot be this image exactly except you know Christ. This same word that was with God, this same word that was God, he said through him everything is made. So your life came out of the world. You are a product of Jesus. And the word carries the light you need to live your life. And what is that light? That light is, that is, is an explanation of who God is. And what your life is to be in him. I'm praying for God to give me an encounter with himself. Because I don't intend to explain God by discussing him. I want to bring him on the stage. I want men and mankind to touch him, to see him visibly. Look at what Apostle John wrote. That which we have seen from the beginning, that which we have had, that which we have handled. So God can be had, God can be handled, God can be encountered. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3, Apostle Paul said that, said that how he made known to me by revelation, the mystery I have written about. So God can be known. Because they've been. Now, as we begin to read that John chapter 1, we saw that the world became flesh, became mankind, and it dwelt among us. And that word is Christ. So the Christ that died for me on the cross is not a human being. It is a God metamorphosized. It is God incarnate. And why was it necessary for Christ to demonstrate himself? I mean, to manifest in human form. He came to manifest in human form to demonstrate God so my life can be a replica of God. So God gave us an example of who and what our life to become not just by making prophets to write to us but by allowing himself to be born in the human flesh and demonstrate how he wanted us to live he taught us by himself and he lived it at chapter 1 verse 1 the former account have I written Theophilus, of what Jesus began to teach and to do so all that Christ did is a demonstration of God look at Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 he is the image of the invincible God. No, I'm reading Colossians chapter 1. He said that is the brightness of the glory of God. The, Im- the person of his image. Now, by that scripture, Apostle Paul meant to tell us that it is Christ that articulates, that declares, that shows us, that explains that which God is. The brightness of who God is. It's the one that brightens, that explains, that shows us, and that brought us into who God is, that showed us the Father. John chapter 14. Christ told his disciple in John chapter 13, he's going to die. And he told them how inevitable, how they can do nothing to avert his death, and they were sorrowful. 
So in chapter 14, say, look guys, don't not let your heart be troubled. Being sorrowful will not change the fact that I'm going to die. See, all you have got to do is to believe in me, that I'm the Christ, that I'm the manifesto of the Father. And you have got to believe in the Father also, because the Father and I are inseparable. I am the Father, the Father is I. In fact, he told them categorically, I think John chapter 1, John chapter 5, rather, he said, my Father and I are one. So Christ is the manifestation of God visibly. Why? So that I can be like God. So when a man became born again, what God had done and what God had begun to do in the life of that man is to make him the image of God, a showcase in character. In the way you talk. Apostle Paul understand this so well. He wrote to Timothy. He said, be an example of believer in conversation, in words, in character. So how do we portray God? We be an example of God. We talk like Him. We behave like Him. In behavior. And how does God behave? That is very easy to see all through the scriptures. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. God is described to be loved. And yet, it's, it's to be described. Well, I mean, God is described as love. That is called love. And Apostle Paul alighted the traits of love. John chapter 3, John chapter 4. John calls God love, calls God love, and he describes what love does. So this trait or this image is not something we are vague about. And you see, as a matter of fact, this thing is not possible except Christ died for us. So you have got to know God. How do you know God? have got to be born again. Now, to be born again is not just a thing. To be born again actually means to be in the image of God. To be God's mouthpiece. To be rebutted, to be remolded, to be remade in the image of God. Except a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He cannot understand what God is doing. He cannot live as God is. So to be born again is to be in the image of God. Is to be recreated. Ephesians chapter 4 and put on the new man, Apostle Paul wrote, who is recreated. Check the word recreated, it is remolded. That's the to be born again, to be battered from above in the image of him that created it, in the portrayal, in the replica of him. This is the New Testament scriptures, not Genesis again. Put on the new man. So, being born again is putting on a new being. And what is that being like? It is like God. Look at that scriptures. It says, put on the new man who is recreated after God, who made it in righteousness. That is telling me. He made it to live rightly. So there is a way mankind ought to live. There was a way God wants Adam to live. There is no theory behind this. Because I shall soon show you that this thing is behavioral and is obtainable in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If any man is in Christ, that is, if any man is now remodeled in God, have been altered, 
He becomes a new creature. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. You are God's workmanship. You are born again. Not of corruptible seed. First Peter chapter 1. But of incorruptible seed by the word of God. To be born again means to be battered from above. That word is um, the Greek word born again. That is agenao. Agenao. To be battered from above. To be influenced by God. To be owned by God. I'm even short of my of, of words myself. But I know that you must chase after God. Nothing should satisfy even your successes. Maybe in marriage, maybe in ministry, maybe in career. Until you know God. Apostle Paul said, He had made me to make all men to see what is the fellowship of this mystery and what is this mystery our oneness with the father the breaking down the enmity and the taking away of the enmity that existed between me and god so there's no quarrel again i can stand before god i can call god my father because the enmity the bible said that he had abolished the enmity by his own blood and thereby making peace God wants to live in you. God told Ezekiel, say, Daddy, I'll make a new covenant. They will be my people, I will live in them. They will be my, they, they, they will be my people. God does not want to use you. That was what our pastor told you, that God wants to use you. No, he does not want to use you, he wants to own you. Because you can use something that is not your own. As a matter of fact, if you are in Christ, and, and what does it mean to be a new creature? What does it mean to be in the image of God? To receive what God had done in Christ. Now, actually, what you call salvation is substitution. That you are a criminal, but somebody is made to suffer for you. That's salvation we are preaching. That Christ died on your behalf. That there is a world or a scheme or an arrangement that have been made before you were battered. So you are just to key into what have been made available before you came on the scene. Is what we call salvation. He died so that you will not die. He suffered so that you will not suffer. That is salvation. And until you become saved, you can't know God. No matter, in fact, you can't even discover Him. Even if you read the whole Bible. It is in the Gospel, Romans chapter 1, verse 17. That the righteousness of God, who God is, and what God requires of you, how he wants to live, how he wants to behave. It is in the gospel. What is the gospel? The death and the resurrection of Christ. That is until a man begins to believe that the death of Christ is for his own sake, that he begins to see who God is. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. So, you need God. And let me mention this as a random. How do we know God? One, by the revelation of his name. 
all through the scriptures, God had given different revelation of himself. At the time, he called himself El Shaddai. At the time, he called himself Yahweh. At the time, he called himself Shama. He had given himself different names to different people at different encounters. But today, God had highly exalted Christ and gave him a name. So the name is Christ. And the word Jesus Christ is the Greek word Yeshua, the one that saves. And that is God. And you see, it was not that because Christ humbled himself on the cross. So, you know, in, in Philippians chapter 2, Apostle Paul that the mind that is in Christ should be in us, that this we should be of the same mind, we should love one another, you prefer other people above you. And he began to tell us that this is necessary, not because we want to be good or because we want peace to reign, but because that is what we are. And this Christ like mind must be in us because Christ too, although he was God, but does not count it robbery with God. And because of that, God gave him a name amongst men. Now, that name was not the name God gave him because he chose to come and die. Because in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, we have told that he had obtained an excellent name. That is a name that is comparable. A name that is not comparable. A name that is different from every other kind of name. And it says that this name came by inheritance. It is his heir. It is the name of his father. So it was not because he humbled himself in the first place. But that Apostle said, look, there is something about Christ's exaltation that now we know Christ amongst men because he chose to that he might have stayed in heaven. And nobody will know that there's one Christ in heaven. For inside the Bible told us that there, 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 there are 24 elders in heaven. We don't know their names. There are angels, billions of them, billions of them with Perhaps beautiful names like Raphael, like Gabriel, like Gabriel, like you, uh, Ariel or Uriel. I think it's called Uriel, but that's not that's not found in the scriptures. We, we saw that in some extra biblical books. Or those who have had announced body experience, an angel came to them. We tell them, my name is Uriel. So there are such names as Michael, as Gabriel, as Raphael, beautiful names, but nobody knows them amongst men. There are billions of angels. Nobody knows their name. The only name we know is the name of Christ. Why? Christ's name would have still been in heaven. When God appeared to Abraham and said, I am the Almighty, the name Jesus Christ had been in heaven. Nobody knows it. When he told Moses, I am Yahweh, that name had been there. Nobody knows it. When he said that I am Adonai, that name had been there. Because he was in heaven. But as soon as he came on earth and he came to die, then he asked to give us the authority of his name. That now, this is my identity. The name of a person is his identity. And what's the name? Jesus Christ, Yeshua, the one that saves. So if God had saved you, and what does it mean to be saved? Very simple. You just received the gospel. What is the gospel that Christ died for you? Why did he die? Because I was a sinner. Because I have degenerated because of the fall and the disobedience of the first man. Apostle Paul called them the creature. They were subjected to vanity. Not willfully, but by the will of him that subjected so that there can be hope for you. First Peter chapter 1 verse 3, he had begotten us into a living hope by the resurrection of Christ. So it is the resurrection of Christ that saves a man. Now, how does a man become born again? Apostle Paul told us that salvation is very simple. It comes by just listening. You don't need to make any sense. Once you listen to the gospel and you believe that what he said is truth, then you are saved. 
And at the moment you are saved, something must happen to you. You must have a change of mindset, a change of worldview, and your character must change. You begin to pace after the one who saved you. You want to know this God that had come on this side of you. And you begin to see this God. You begin to see that this God is humility, as you must be. This God is plainness, you must be. This God is love, you must be. This God is righteousness, decay, you see, nay, living upright, living without anything to hide back from it. That's what you must be. So, fraud, so friend, you have an assignment. Not just to be the king of your town, not to be the president or the CEO of that corporation, not to be a successful career person, not to be a parent, not be, to be a pastor, to know the Father. To know what is the fellowship of the mystery. Now, what is the fellowship of the mystery? As Apostle Paul refers to in Ephesians chapter 2. Now, actually, he says that, that we may know what is the fellowship of the mystery. Now, the question I intended to ask is, is what is a mystery? Hidden thing. That which is coded. That which had not been disclosed before time. So he now talks about fellowship, coming to relate with this mystery. And what is this mystery? In Acts chapter 2, Apostle Paul told us that this mystery is that the Gentiles will be fellow years and that Christ by his body will make both Gentiles and Greek one so that we become God's okodom, God lives in us, we become God's relative. Oneness with the Father. So when Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 3 that God had called him to make all men to see what is the fellowship of this ministry, that is to make all men to see what we what will become of them, what their life will look like as they become to as they begin to relate with the fact that God had brought them to Himself, as they begin to make the most use of their ability to now assess God. So you can't be born again, something will not happen in your life. Your character will change. Not for bad, for good. You will not know how it happens sometimes. But we'll just see that something drops off you. Anger drops off. Hatred drops, drops off. Envy drops off. Bitterness drops, drops, uh, drops or, uh, drop off. So the person who is still struggling with self, struggling with sin, struggling with masturbation, struggling against all he wouldn't want to do, although he had set resolutions and he had set things he wants his life to be like, and each time he had set those things, he had not been able to meet them because he had not encountered Christ. Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 4, he said, you have not learned Christ. If you have learned Christ, you see that the truth, I mean, the truth about how you have got to live your life, what you are to do with your life, how you are to deal with others and relate with others is found in Christ. So what is the knowledge of God? It's the revelation of who God is in that he wants us to be exactly who he is. Now let me show you a few scriptures. And by this scripture I want to point out what righteousness is. Since God is righteous, we have got to see him as a righteous father. I know that many people carry different ideas about God. Some believe that he's a deity, some believe that he's a ghost, you know, a lot of sayings about him. And some of our claims of belief about God are the things that we have been informed in our neighborhood. And most of those things are not correct. But check this. The goal of faith. The end result of responding to Jesus' atonement is for us to live like God. And let me show you a few scriptures. Galatians chapter 5. You have heard the statement that God saved you like you are. 
and that is true god save us just as we are but does not want us to remain as we are he want he want us to be like him Ephesians chapter i was about to show you scripture i forgot it i forgot it the truth is in christ how you want to look okay, let me show you Ephesians chapter 4 i'll read from verse from verse 18 having the understanding no let me read from verse 17 this i say therefore and testifying the lord that ye is for to walk not as the other gentiles walk in the vibrancy of their mind so a believer is to live his life certainly not like the other believers verse 19 who being past feelings had given themselves over to lavishness and to walk all on cleanness with greediness that's how we are living before we came to christ we were greedy we are dating our thoughts verse 20 but you have not so learned christ but this is not what christ is so christ is another institution that was why i took that there is an institution calls the knowledge of god and i'm trusting god that god will flood me with light and revelation to write a book on that that this knowledge is an embodiment it's not just being born again how do i know ephesians chapter 1 verse 16 apostle said after i've heard of your faith i do not cease to pray for you that you will know the depth of God's love, that you may understand the same power that He demonstrated in Christ when He raised Him from the dead, that you may be able to lead to the Father by yourself. By yourself. By yourself. God wants relationship. And He wants it now. And what did Buddha teach you? A time alone with the Father. Who be in the past, Philip, verse 19, gave themselves over to lavishness to walk all on cleanliness with greediness, but you have not sold the Christ. If so be that you have learned him and have been taught by him, that if you are born again, really, as the truth is in Christ, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. So my former ways of life is an old man. So what I used to be was not God's intention. So if you are not born again, you are living the life God doesn't want you to live. And that life is provoking and attracting God's anger. You have not so learned Christ and have not been taught by him as the truth is in Christ that you put off as former conversation your former way of life, the old man which is corrupt according to the secret laws and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that is put up the mind of the spirit begin to take on you begin to align yourself, begin to walk worthy of the spirit of God in you verse 24 and that you put on on the new man which was after god is created in righteousness and holiness wherefore putting away lying speak every man truth with his neighbor for we are members of one another the scriptures continue so there's an expectation for my life i am praying for an encounter with the father that i will understand the scripture that i will see the father that my ears will be opened can you pray in the name of jesus